is it over? Oh, it must be over. Hello and welcome to the Crew Review Podcast, the Columbus Crew postgame show where me and another writer from Massive Report review the crew. I'm your host, Andrew Atkins, and joining me today is a very special co-host. It's the first ever member of the three-time club. It's Adam Miller joining us for the third time. Adam, wake up. It's time to review the crew. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Could be better, could be worse. Seems to be the, the crew's motto so far in the last part of 2020, but we'll get into that later. Introductions out of the way. It's time to get into our first segment of the night. A little thing I like to call emotional overreactions. So Adam, <laughs> I'm asking you to shut off that analytical side of your brain. Reach down into your heart. Pretend that you're on Twitter. Spew out the first thing that comes to your mind. The Columbus crew will never win a game on the road again. Who will play. Doesn't matter who's on the field. Doesn't matter where it is. If it's not at home, the, the most we can hope for is a point. That seems to be something that has been a common theme for the crew in the past couple of years. But, man, is it prevalent this year. And, man, does it suck. For me, it's, it's really hard to have an emotional overreaction to a game as boring as this one. It's hard to overreact to something I, I barely reacted to. I had to, uh, I had to pour myself about two or three cups of coffee to get through this one. That was rough. Very rarely do you watch a draw where it feels like both teams lost. And tonight it felt like both teams lost. That was a doozy. It was ugly from Columbus. It was ugly from Houston. Ugh, just an ugly match. Yeah, it was ugly. I think both teams will feel that they could have won. I think the crew, the crew weren't good. I think the crew had some chances where maybe if, if they had their shooting boots on tonight, it would have been a little different. And Houston certainly had, you know, the crew just handing them chances, especially at the end of the game. So in my experience, uh, when you leave and both teams feel like they could have won or they could have lost, the draw is normally a fair result. Well, motion's out of the way. It's time to get into the crew review for Columbus Crew SC taking on Houston Dynamo, I guess. That's the proper term for it. It felt more like Houston Dynamo taking on Houston Dynamo tonight. The starting 11, it was an odd one. Safely say it's the first time we lined up this way. End goal, we had Eloy Room. Defensively, we had Milton Valenzuela, Abubakaita, Jonathan Menza, Harrison Awful. Defensive midfield, we had the return of Darlington Nagby, finally, uh, lining up next to our tour. The attacking midfield was Emmanuel Boateng getting another start, Pedro Santos in the middle, and Derek Etienne Jr. coming up on the right side. And then the striker, the striker for this match, the debuting Christian Nemeth. No, no Jossie on the bench, no Jossie on the injury report, no Jossie on the starting 11. Uh, where's Jossie is, the, is the, the question I pose. I have no idea. I don't know either. I think it... I would assume it's just a rest thing. Um, you know, maybe take some time off, no travel, stay at home. I mean, he's been playing, you know, a million minutes uh, in this last part of the season. So I would assume it's a rest thing. I hope to God that it's a rest thing. He's not hurt or anything else, but. He wasn't uh, on the injury report. I mean, he could, I will say this, showing up would have made no difference because a Columbus striker did not get their foot on a ball this match anyway. So uh, if you're going to pick a night to stay home, this was a good one. Uh, notable also with the uh, starting 11 tonight was that Lucas Zellerion was available on the bench. So we have the return of Room, the return of Nagby, and the return of Zellerion, something crew fans have been waiting for for a long time. And I will say, boy, did they disappoint. I actually, yeah, I mean, I thought 
that Zellerion and Nagby were both okay. I mean, they both played limited minutes. I thought that just the general energy and vibe of the game was disappointing more than anything else. I mean, I thought the crew certainly created a couple of chances. Now, obviously, didn't finish them. Houston scored both goals in this game. But, yeah, it was just a disappointing. I think as crew fans, we've been building up and waiting and waiting for all those guys to be back. And now they're back, and it, it seemed to kind of be the same old story. So I think that's concerning from a from a fan perspective and, and probably for for. Caleb Porter and everybody else, but I guess we can we can uh, hold on to now that Zardes wasn't there. Maybe those guys aren't fully fit or something. I don't know. I mean, it was it was exciting to see them all back, and then it very quickly was more of the same. Right, and and they didn't have bad games, but I think we've just been waiting and waiting and building this moment up for so long that you expected them to come on and make a difference. I think Nagby had a hundred percent passing accuracy. You can't. I mean, you can't take anything away from Nagby, but at the same time, when he left the pitch and Aiden Morrison came on, Aiden Morris, not Morrison, but when Aiden Morris came on, I felt good about it. I was like, oh, cool, Aiden Morris is here, which never before have I felt good about Darlington Nagby leaving a game. So I'm going to tell you what, this is going to be a really easy game to break down because there's so little to talk about from a crew perspective. Dynamo controlled the entire match. The fact that it ended 1-1 is such a deceiving scoreline because Houston Dynamo dominated Columbus Crew tonight. They absolutely dominated Columbus Crew in every area except for finishing. If Houston Dynamo was good at finishing, this match could have been 9-1. It was just brutal to watch. Columbus Crew gave up so many chances, so much space. They, They let the Dynamo just run wild all over the pitch. I mean... We'll stick to the first half for now, but I just have a, a, a list of notes about, you know, for one set pieces, I just pitiful. And for a team that is so bad at defending set pieces, Columbus gives up so many set pieces. That's right. Yeah, I think that's part of knowing how to manage the game and manage your team and knowing your strengths. I think the, the crew, like you said, give up a lot of corners, especially, and I don't think they're – especially good at defending them. So I think that's something where you, you kind of have to know and maybe, you know, you make an extra sprint to try and prevent a corner or whatever else, whatever you can do to prevent them from from having attacking corners, I think is a, a bonus just because, you know, we're not good at defending them, frankly. And, and we're not. And we gave up 11 tonight. Yeah, and I don't know how many of those were in the last five or so minutes, but it felt like a ton. 20, every, 25. You know, just holding your breath just waiting for you know the inevitable of them of them nicking a goal thank goodness they didn't but yeah we had in the 11th minute there was a free kick given up and without it it seems like without any effort dynamo was able to get a shot on goal off of it where room has to make a diving save there was just a lot of that i mean a lot of corners where it's like a a better team would have finished these People left wide open for the Dynamo. I don't know. Moving on, I mean, we had about 20 minutes where the only chances, the only pressure was Dynamo. Crew weren't creating anything. And the 22nd minute, uh, Emmanuel Botang gets taken out with a really nasty tackle. Uh, Yellow card's given to Rodriguez. Botang ends up being okay getting up. The only reason I noted it is because – on a season where I've seen so many injuries, this kind of this kind of tackle and this kind of seeing guys go down like this, it's like it just it puts a pit in my stomach. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was a brutal tackle. I mean, and I think 
certainly one where you see people go down and stay down typically for a while after things like that. I mean, thankfully Boateng got up and, and was okay, but yeah, I think as, as crew fans of the past couple of years, you know, we all kind of hold our breath a little bit when you see those kind of tackles, just because of the string of injuries that we've had. And we're finally getting back on the right side of that. I mean, right. we're about everybody returning and, and coming back and, we're finally kind of moving back into the the right direction and getting guys healthy. And then, you know, you, you would have hated to see something like that. Um, especially yeah. now, certainly, certainly ever, but especially now be, be something that was a serious injury. Yeah. Tonight, uh, the injury report, it was only Vita Warmhor who, I mean, we, he's been on the field for maybe a sip of coffee this season and right. Fernando Adi who, eh, you know, I'm not going to go there. So <laughs> it, it, we're finally seeing our best starting 11 on the pitch instead of on the end injury reserve, which is nice. So uh, a man who had Columbus's number tonight getting back into the game for Houston was Rodriguez. Mm. It seemed like, boy, it was just a matter of time until he was going to score. He had a couple really good chances in the 26 minute. The first shot was blocked by uh, Abubakaida, who that's about the only good thing I can say for Abubakaida this game. The second one was saved by Room, keeping it uh, nil nil. But 10 minutes later, uh, Rodriguez takes a shot. Room gets a save on it, but it just kind of he he doesn't catch the ball. He just gets his gloves on the ball, and it just very slowly rolls over very slowly hits the goalpost, very slowly rolls back into the path of Rodriguez, who just follows it up, puts it in the back of the net. It was this, it was like a little league goal, right? It was just this slow motion, pitiful. How does nobody get to that ball? I'm not exaggerating. It just slowly just trickled along until it got scored. And it's like, what's happening? It was painful to watch and, and certainly was agonizing. It felt like everybody was moving in slow motion. Yeah. My, my immediate reaction wasn't necessarily – I mean, certainly you would have liked to see Mensa, Keita, Afool, those guys follow up a, a shot like that. But as a former goalkeeper, Broom has to do better with that shot, in my opinion. Like you said, he didn't quite catch it, but he didn't quite – you know, parry it away. So it seemed to me like he kind of got caught between two minds of what to do with the shot. And then, you know, those are kind of the results that you get when you give up rebounds inside the six yard box. So I felt um, like Vroom would have just got up on his elbows and just shimmied over. He, I mean, he could have got to that. Yeah, ball. could have got it before <laughs> anybody else. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, it, it was agonizingly slow. But for me, I, you know, I, I don't. I'm a, I'm a big a, a fan as Eloy Room as anybody else, but he has to do better with that, in my opinion. And if he can't, you know, because he's hurt or first game back or whatever, that's fine. But then he shouldn't be on the field, you know. So I think it's, um, I think that maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I think he's got to. Yeah, be you're not being harsh. It wasn't an impressive performance by Room tonight. Uh, well, I thought other than that, he was okay. I mean, he certainly made a couple saves and and everything else um, before that and after that. But that one in particular, I know, is kind of a bang bang play but you know I just felt like he could have dealt with the ball so much better he's kind of diving backwards I think if you watch the replay he's kind of get diving backwards and then he can't hold on to it and doesn't parry it away and you know those are those are things that happens when you when you give up rebounds inside the six yard box do you play FIFA all the time okay Too much so this time. this problem I have with my keeper in FIFA and and it seems like it's a problem with keepers across the board in FIFA is none of them can catch the ball they can all parry the ball away they can punch the ball but none of them can catch the ball and uh i don't know what it is ever since fifa 21 came out i I, it's all i do i play fifa well you know so i'm seeing fifa the whole time i watch crew matches now right so it's the same thing it's like 
Elroy Room can't catch the ball, and, and he can parry it, he can punch it, but he can't catch it. And there's yeah. it creates chances like this. Like as a keeper, you have to get that ball under control. You can't right. let a ball just slowly roll away from you right back into the path. It, it was an unlucky deflection, but I guess it was almost lucky in a sense because I. I was watching that ball roll towards the goalpost in slow motion and just figured it was going to roll right into the goal. So, but like you said, also on our center backs, how's nobody get to that ball? Yeah. I mean, Rodriguez certainly kind of had, had more momentum moving into it as he was shooting and kind of saw everything happening, but you you would have liked to see maybe a little bit more of an effort, I guess, from those guys. They weren't even close though is the problem. Yeah, exactly. So, it was a frustrating goal to give up, came off a turnover, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, it was, it was frustrating to watch. And, and it was one of those things where you kind of just saw it, like you said, unfolding so slow, slowly and, you know, made it more and more painful mm. just to watch it happen that way. Now, when I talk about this game being boring, I want to be clear. I'm not somebody who thinks that uh, a 0-0 match is boring or a 1-1 match is boring. I'm not somebody who just, oh, it was a draw that's boring. That, that's not me, but this match was boring. Let me give you two stats to, to back up why this match was so boring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you questions. We'll do this. We'll do it this way. Right, let's do it. When was Columbus Crew's first registered shot of the match? Not <laughs> shot on goal, just shot. Hmm. First shot had to have been, I don't know, 29th minute. 45th minute (laughs) and this was a Pedro Santos shot and if you want to call it a shot call it a shot it was nowhere close it was the Santos of old it was so far wide uh so far left it was uh, it hurt it was like oh Santos what was that if that wasn't bad enough man an extra time of the first half it's almost identical Santos gets it right in front of goal again just biffs it again two terrible terrible misses back to back neither on goal so that's the first stat the first stat is 45 minutes to get our first shot and when I say first shot it barely is shot so now I'm going to ask you when was our first shot on goal it had to have been uh it was probably Mokhtar shot right I don't know what minute that is but it was in the last 10 I think you are correct it was the 83rd minute first shot on goal and uh (laughs) just a one last question and then I won't do the trivia anymore how many shots on goal did we have tonight one one now to show you how staggering this is Houston had two shots on their own goal for us tonight. (laughs) The first one was a, it was a deflection that Houston's keeper had to dive to get to. And uh, it was really close. It was a really close, uh, really close shot on goal. So second half starts, there's not a whole lot to break down. It was a, it was a just bad match by both teams. Houston Mm -hmm. had made a lot of chances, but they couldn't convert anything. Columbus just, they were there. They were on the pitch. And look, credit where it's due, day of travel from Ohio to Texas and then playing a soccer match, I'm sure that's tough. So that's right. this is all with a grain of salt. I I was a man sitting on my chair eating macaroni and cheese, watching professional athletes, and now I'm talking (laughs) about them. That's right. So I understand that the day of travel, this season, this schedule, 
I get it. I get bad performances are just going to be a thing. It's just frustrating when you see other teams overcoming that and, and performing. So yeah. anyway, uh, the 63rd minute is probably the first notable thing of the second half. And that's because uh, Luis Diaz comes on for Derek Eddian Jr. And Aiden Morris comes on for Darlington Nagby. Nagby, solid performance, but nothing really to talk about. He passed the ball well. He possessed the ball well when he had an opportunity to, right? Uh, Etienne, nothing to – he was fine, I guess. That's, yeah. Everybody was fine, I guess. Luis Diaz, however, instantly I felt like was making a difference. He was getting down the pitch and crossing. They weren't good crosses. They weren't always accurate. They a lot of times went right to Houston – but it was the most attack we had for the entire match up until that point. Like I said, the 65th minute off of, off of a Luis Diaz cross, uh, Valentin for Houston almost puts it in the back of their net. It ends up being the first corner kick of the night for Columbus in the 65th minute. Two minutes later, Diaz crosses the ball in again, and Houston scores on themselves. So back-to-back, Houston shots on goal on Houston's goal. And the second time... Uh, Christian Nemeth was in there. I can't. Is it Christian? Christian? I don't know. Christian, Christian, tomato, tomato. What's the difference? Nemeth is what we'll say. Nemeth was there uh, and he required, you know, the defender had to come to him. So the defender ended up being right in the way of the cross by Diaz. And it was uh, Cabrera ends up scoring on Houston. So back to back shots on goal by Houston on their own goal. And the second one scores one, one is the score at that point. One, one is the score the rest of the game. There were some, I guess some notable things. Eunice Mokhtar comes on for Nemeth. So we end up playing for a little bit with no striker at all, which is strange. And then uh, Pedro Santos ends up coming off and Jordan Hamilton has his debut for Columbus la-di-da I mean what happens nothing happens so it's you know it's I'm sorry I I guess I should have a little bit more pep advice to talk about this and review this but man it was just a boring match right yeah it was boring and I think I think you're being maybe a little harsh I, I do think that the crew created a couple of chances Santos notably in the first half there were a couple half chances kind of there in the second not certainly not a ton I don't disagree with you that they weren't their best tonight but, uh, but I will say if, if Santos puts one of those two in the net, you know, and, and we kind of maybe mocked our finishes at the end or whatever, we're probably having a different conversation, I think. You're but, correct. I, I may be being harsh, and there were chances. But for a team to not get your first shot on goal until 10 minutes out from the end of the match. I agree. Know. No, that's – yeah, that's – that's I agree with you. I think the crew and, and Porter specifically have always seemed to have this kind of mentality of, quality of shot over quantity of shot meaning they'll be more patient to kind of wait until they get a really good chance to to shoot essentially instead of just shooting from you know god knows where and tonight you know those that quality of of shot just wasn't there and they didn't create it so that's where i think that the crew need to be better in in creating more of those opportunities not necessarily you know a shot from you know 30 yards away that's on goal doesn't make me necessarily feel better about only having one, but I think they need to do better to create those shots in the final third. Yeah. Just too much of too much of the games being played in our, our defensive third. Yeah. That's been pretty common. We were really good throughout the stretch of the season where we were really good at controlling possession and really just being able to be patient. And we were able to absorb some pressure defensively, but part of the reason we were so good on defense and we had such a historic start to the season is 
we possessed the ball a lot. We didn't give opposing teams a lot of a chance to score or to take shots on us. And it seems like nowadays the first half of the match is basically our defense just bending until it breaks, just absorbing all of this pressure. And we're not holding possession. We're not having control. And that's something that I think uh, Darlington Nagby has been sorely missed because he plays such a huge role into that play style. So having him back, I guess I was disappointed to see that we didn't have more of that. But, you know, I have to keep in mind that he's missed a lot of time. And it's going to take him a few games to get back into the groove of things. And we don't have a bad result. One one's not a bad result. We get a point. You know, some some draws feel like wins for both teams. Chicago Fire, that draw felt like a win for both teams. This feels like a loss for both teams in my book. And Columbus yeah. Crew is to the point of the season where we need wins. We don't need draws. I mean – Yeah, especially given, given what happened today with Toronto losing and Orlando losing. So you would have liked to see us claw back into the supporter shield race maybe. Right. And, but more importantly, separate ourselves – from Orlando and I think we would have gone five points clear of them if we had won if my math is right if my memory is correct so now we're three but it's really important that we get some home matches in the playoffs we've clinched the playoffs so at this point really a loss and a draw are hand in hand for me and neither are really doing a whole lot of good or bad for us we have to get we have to get wins and we have to I don't see us getting a supporter shield. I just don't see it happening with the schedule we have ahead of us with the way we perform on the road. I've kind of written that off, but we need home field advantage as much as possible. We've seen it. We can't get a result on the road to save our lives. Well, we can't get a good one. That's for sure. And we we certainly can't win. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's a mentality thing or or maybe it's just how it is. They need to be at home, but I think it's a travel um, thing. The more home games we can play. We lost on the road to Cincinnati. So you can't chalk that up to a travel thing. So, you know, and then we we lost at home to Montreal. So other teams are getting results on the road. We're just not. So it's a travel thing and I can excuse it a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, come on, guys. We have to get a single result on the road. We, we just that's we're right. desperate for one. So yeah. that's all I have to say about the match. Like you said, it's, it's probably one where I'm being a little bit harsh, but it's late. I'm tired. And, man, I feel like it was just a brutal, brutal game. I, yeah. I'm not – like I said, I'm not somebody who thinks all draws are boring. The best match I ever saw in my life was a 0-0 draw. Not the best match, the best MLS match in my opinion, that I watched in my life was a 0-0 draw uh, in the playoffs, Columbus and Atlanta. It was just a yeah. banger of a match. This right. was what you think of when you think of a draw from a boring right. perspective of just not a lot to write home about. So if you have anything you want to add to it or you want to talk about, I'd, the, I, the I pass thing you I'll the is, Yeah, the, the only thing that I'll add is the crew uh, – we, we talked about this before we started recording. I think they said in the broadcast that the crew hadn't won – in Houston in five years. I don't, I, I could not tell you the last time we won in Dallas, certainly not recently. So I think historically we have a, we have trouble playing in Texas. Um, and I, I do think maybe on a night that wasn't our best night to come from one nil down and get a point isn't the end of the world. I don't think that's where we want to be as a team and as a club, but at the same time, you know, have, trying to be realistic with, where we've been the last couple of weeks um, and some of the results we had, you mentioned losing to Montreal and Cincinnati and those things. So it's frustrating, especially from where we were, 
But given where we are now, I don't think it's the worst thing that's ever happened to us. No, it's not. And, and we're still third place in the Eastern Conference. We're still doing pretty dang good. The only reason I put so much stock on getting a higher seed is because we're not yeah, performing on the road. Yeah, we have so. to have – the crew will go the, – the crew if the crew are one or two seed, then they will go much farther because they'll be able to play at home. And, and that apparently is the recipe to success for the crew. So right. I, I agree with you. I mean, given where we want to be, then this is a game we need to win. But I think more of where we are now, then this is something that, you know, you kind of shrug your shoulders and you get ready for Wednesday. Yeah. Now, um, I actually was doing a little bit of research. The last time Columbus crew won in Texas, it was a pretty big win against uh, the city of Austin. That's right. Fair point. Fair point. Speaking of that, that's, that's all right. I care about. We can lose that's to right. Dallas. We, we can lose to win. Houston. That's right. Right. Yeah. I never want to lose to pre-court FC. Yeah. I, hope the, he's like, I mean, I hate that guy. Yo, he's the worst. So nothing else matters. We beat Texas. All right. We beat yeah. the city of Austin. We saved the crew. That's all that I care about. So with that right. being said, uh, Columbus Crew's greatest team the world's ever seen. You don't get to play for the crew if you're not an elite caliber player. This is the easiest this segment's ever been for me. It's time to give the best and worst player of the match. For me, it's just night and day. Mm-hmm. Super obvious. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it is for you. Who is your best, best player of the match? I'm going to switch it up. But I don't know if I don't know if this is allowed. My best, best member of the team of the match is Caleb Porter. Because I thought okay. the subs that he brought on, specifically Morris and Diaz and Zellerion, changed the game. The beginning of that second half was the best the crew looked the entire game. Goal came right from Diaz. Morris was good in the midfield, and Zellerion was trying to do things in the attacking third. So I'm going to give it to him just for those substitutions. And following his plan, I think it would have been easy for him to keep Nagby out there when they were they were down before – um, you know, I, th- I think they talked about it on the broadcast. They wanted to bring him off after 60 minutes. That's a lot easier to do when you're winning. Yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. Do I was you're losing, especially yeah. on the road, especially after kind of the the recent um, performances. So I'm going to give it to, to Porter. I don't know. I don't know how allowed that is, but I, I thought his subs were good and the management of Nagby and Zarion and the timing of those things I thought was good. And I think it's something where I think he understands more than me, certainly, and more than probably most of the general fan base that, you know, this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. So right. a draw in Houston is okay if it sets us up for a win in, you know, the Eastern Conference final or whatever it is. So I think yeah, he's, we got, he's we got, got a tough game against Philly coming up. Us. That's right. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to him. I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know if that's allowed or not, but I'm going to, I'm going to I'll take it to the crew review subcommittee and we will, uh, we'll Please. bring it to a vote within three to four weeks, I'll let you know whether or not it's allowed. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can appeal it if it's overturned. So this could take years to iron out. So for now, we'll just let you take Caleb Porter. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it the right way. And I'm going to pick a player. I'm going to give it to uh, Luis Diaz. The only person on the pitch tonight that I felt was really notable. Aiden Morris has been a really high point for me for the last few weeks. Tonight wasn't his best game. He's really bad at defending set pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. really bad leaves people wide open and just kind of that control and and energy that I'd normally say I mean, he had the energy but he didn't have the control Luis Diaz was a instant difference maker he came on the pitch and immediately just reckless abandon starts crossing the ball over and over eventually it connects and he you know he's not going to get an assist for an own goal but 
it was the only assist or goal that any crew player got. He, it was uh, Diaz is the one who created it. Diaz was the only person that really popped out to me in a positive light tonight. So my best best is Luis Diaz. Worst best, this one's easy for me. Who is it for you? Uh, Boateng. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're going to go with or not, but he's just – I don't know. I, I've been up and down on him. I think he's had up and down performances, but it was almost like, you know, it wasn't even on the field – He's giving the ball away a little bit, but no impact really, in my opinion. So I'll, I'll give him my worst best. That's surprise. I, I didn't think he was bad. I think the thing with Boateng and the thing with Etienne and the thing with Diaz is I've kind of grown to the point where I don't really expect a whole lot out of them. I yeah. expect them to come on and be fast and maybe create a chance here and there. And I felt like there were a few times Boateng was fast and created some somewhat of a chance. So yeah. he he didn't. He didn't disappoint me because I didn't expect much from him. Who did disappoint me is somebody I expect a lot from, and that's Pedro Santos. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Santos is the key to Columbus's success. He, he just is. He's Mr. Consistency. He's the guy who, when he's on, we're on. When he's off, you know, two chances, two big chances to win this game. And they were both wildly missed. Yeah. I think that's what you get from a guy like him. He's been so hot lately, and the crew have relied on that a lot. And then tonight he was so, 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 so cold with his finishing. Um, the only thing I'll say, I guess, maybe in his defense was, at the very least, you could say he was in the right areas. He certainly needs to do better with his finishing. And like you said, the crew will rely on him a lot, especially in the postseason, to be on with his finishing. Um, but yeah, tonight tonight was not his best night in front of goal. And was it was he the worst player on the pitch? No, but when you have such high expectations, you need to perform better. So it's my podcast, it's my system. I'll give it to who I want. So Pedro Santos is my worst boss. best, and Adam, you are my best best co-host of the night. Look, we've had some issues tonight. We've had me uh, mispronouncing names and stuttering and mumbling and complaining a lot and. Uh, We've had some some freezing with our Zoom call, but you hung in there. You stuck through that match. You reviewed the crew with me, and I, I, I appreciate you, and I, I want you to tell these wonderful listeners where they can find you. Yeah, my, uh, my Twitter handle is at TheAdamMiller01, and my Instagram is AdamMiller01. Um, talking a lot about the crew um, and other relevant things, making fun of a lot of MLS teams. Um, so if you enjoy those sorts of things, give me a follow and, and we'll connect on there. All right. Well, you can get me and my hot takes at on Twitter at Andrew Atkins SC. You can follow the show on Twitter at crew review pod for all your crew news updates, analysis, go to massivereport.com. And right. uh, just a reminder, if you haven't yet subscribe to us, rate us, review us. It really helps. And we really appreciate it. The next match in the next episode will be Wednesday against DC United 7.30 p.m., I guess. I don't know, man. Google's going astray on me. Google told me this game was at 9. I said the next one's at 8. But the Fox broadcast said 7.30. So they're playing at some time on Wednesday against DC. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, let's hear your predictions. Uh, I think this is – it worries me because it feels very simple. DC United stink. They have an interim head coach. It's at home. Um, so – I feel a little worried because it seems straightforward. That being said, I think with everybody healthy, Magby has minutes underneath him. Zellerian has minutes underneath him. Presumably Zardes will be back. 
I'm going to take the crew. I'm going to say two nothing. Um, and it's going to be probably a boring two nothing, but I hope that it's just straightforward two goals, you know, roll them over and, and move on to, I think Orlando's after that or Philly, one of the two. And, and, um, those are going to be big games. So I hope that this is just a walk in the park kind of game. I am a little apprehensive just because I've been a crew fan for too long to know that sometimes the simple things aren't always what they seem, but I'm going to say two, nothing crew roll at home. Well, look, I have this theory that I've been building that uh, wherever Manchester city goes is where the crew go. Okay. (laughs) And this theory is holding Manchester city tied yesterday mm-hmm. crew tied the day it's this theory that i'm not giving up on because man i'm just i'm really seeing it come to fruition so i'm not even going to look at dc united and columbus crew <laughs> i'm instead looking at manchester city's next game is against sheffield united who is currently sitting 19th in the premier league so i think manchester city is going to win so i think columbus crew is going to win i'll give it two nothing based yeah. solely off of Manchester City. So. You're gonna turn a lot of people into Man City fans if that theory. <laughs> I just, I don't even care to try to predict what the crew's gonna do on the road. So I'm just going with the only thing that's been tried and true for me. Uh, so, so there you have it. That's it for us. That's it for our reviews. The last thing we do every episode is we turn to you, the listeners, and we go to your reviews. I ask you to go on Twitter and hashtag my crew review. And we will read your reviews live on air. So our first micro review comes from Brian Cook at Real Brian Cook. And he says, when you realize the crew haven't won a true road game since September 14th, 2019. And then he, uh, he shares a picture of Anakin Skywalker crying with the word pain. And boy, that's a rough stat, isn't it? Yeah. Very depressing. Thank you for that. I wish that wasn't true, but that, again, that goes back to what we've been saying. It's so important for the crew to get um, as many home playoff games as possible. I mean, they're, they're not good on the road. And for whatever reason that is, you know, you hope it sorts itself over time. But, I mean, in the, in the nearsighted kind of future, I think it's get as many home games as you can and, and roll with it. Yeah, that's a rough stat. The audience is about as negative as I am, so I, at least at least we're in tune with each other. Next one comes from Christian Townsend at CG Town. He says, I'm not going to get my hopes up that we will win on the road this year with everything going on. Hopefully a switch will be turned in the playoffs. I agree. I don't, I don't think we're getting a road win, and I fear that that goes into the playoffs. The only thing I hope is that MLS allow a, a little easier of a travel schedule during the playoffs. Maybe don't make them travel day of during yeah. playoffs I, I mean you have to right you can't you can't put this kind of schedule on them I, I almost just say do the schedule do the playoffs at a neutral position go back to Orlando or something just yeah. somewhere where they don't have to travel and yeah. we saw that you know crew were able to win in Orlando as long as they didn't have to travel day of so I've kind of I, I'd, I'd sacrifice having an MLF cup or MLS Cup and Montfrey Stadium if it meant that they could just stay in one place and have a few days of practice before a game. So, Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know if the league's announced that or not. You would assume that they would um, let you travel a little bit sooner, um, further away from game day. But, 
you know, I don't know, but, but the other thing I'll add is this, the crew being bad on the road is one, it's just, it feels like maybe it's one of those MLS things where they go on the road in the Eastern conference semis or something and, and somehow pull out a victory or win in penalties or whatever it is. So yeah, I MLS can see is that. weird like that. The playoffs are weird. They always are. They're going to be even weirder this year. So yeah, I, I don't think that that is, I don't remember uh, his name, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's a, uh, there's certainly evidence to suggest that the crew are going to struggle on the road in the playoffs, but it's the MLS at the same time. So you never know. The next one comes from Jason Palmer at PZ for life. He says, okay, seriously, pick another premier league team. This man said he having the same results as the crew is getting ridiculous. I'm not doing it. I'm sticking with my theory because my theory is sound and it is, it is really working out for me. I, I don't know when Man City plays Sheffield, but I'm turning in for that one, and I'm going to be a big Man City supporter if that means <laughs> we're going to get three points. I don't think a lot of people share that sentiment with me. I know a lot of people have their Premier League team, but if, if the crew go as Man City goes, first of all, I think we're in good hands. Second of all, go Man City. And the last crew review for tonight is uh, it's, it's a great way to end the podcast because it sums up everything. It's from Sean Atkins at Chef Sean One, and his review is, Welp. Yeah, well, <laughs> not bad. I, I think that sums it up. Uh, if you could sum this game up in one word, I think that's probably how you would do it. So I agree. I, so I couldn't do it any better than that. So, Adam, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you, you're, I got to quit inviting you on the pod because with you comes bad results. I was just, I was talking, that's funny you said that. I was talking to some of the people I was watching the game with. I said, it feels like every time I got a podcast going on, something, something bad happens. So, um, yeah, if, if that's the case, then, you know, I won't be doing this ever again. But, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull you in in a, in a less dangerous match. I don't, uh, maybe we'll get you in before the playoffs because I don't want you on during the playoffs. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to anywhere. No offense. I don't want to touch this podcast. Anywhere near. <laughs> well, just send in a crew review or something. I love you and I want you here in spirit, but right. uh, yeah. you're saving to bring some bad luck with you. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I appreciate you for being here. And as always, for Master Report, I'm Andrew Atkins, and this has been the Crew Review. Glory to Columbus. Go Crew. And we will see you next time when we review the Crew. Go Crew. Go crew.